Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going, we were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Yes, we're back. Holly G in the house along with one of my favorite co-pilots in golf, known as the Renaissance man himself, Mr. Jay Golden. Hi, Holly, and I want to thank you so much for having me on. This is your eighth anniversary, first show of the year, and and the reason I want to thank you so much is that I've been trying to have my own show on Golf Channel for a long time. And about two years ago, there was a program director who said, Jay, you're getting your own show. I'm getting you on Morning Drive. I'm getting you on Golf Central. You're going to get your own show. And the next day, he was fired. So when you consider that, Holly, I want to thank you. Taking a chance with Jay Golden, known I'm as... Big Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Hardly, hardly a chance. But, you know, we've been in a little bit of a... Winter hibernation. It's so good to be back. So good to be uh, spreading the green along the fairways of I-4, ultimate I-4. So I know some of you may be uh, struggling with the traffic out there, but just sit back. We're going to have a lot of fun, bringing you a lot of good golf content. We are here for the rest of the year, and we are so excited. There is so much golf going on, Jay. We just wrapped up the WGC match play. Big finish Jason Day, back-to-back. He was the big winner at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You and I were both out there watching. Man, he has got to be the uh, favorite coming into Augusta. Well, one of the things that I like so much about Jason Day's swing is that it really is simple. It's arms going back, arms going through with a lot of power. You know, I I felt when Rory McIlroy first came out, that was his swing. Arms going back, arms going through. But then I think he took a little lesson here and there. And now McElroy's arms going back, body going through, then arms going through. Jason Day has that one, two. Arms, arms, a little on the upright side, like Jack, what's his last name again? Nick Nullis. Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. He does movies or something. He Upright, upright, arms, arms, simple. And his short game is excellent. Amazing. And and doesn't his lifetime coach caddy for him? Colin. That is so great. I mean, in tennis, one coach travels with one player. In golf, you know, the guys out there, oh, I'll practice today. I'll take a lesson I won't for one coach to work with one player and have great success. Happy birthday. Pretty exciting. A uh, great semifinal match between Rory and Jason, we got to see a little mano a mano going on there. Um, Rory not, you know, having his best round. And then uh, Louis Oosthuizen and Cabrera, who um, had a little bit of uh, the nerves going, I think, in that semifinal match, and then comes back and beats Rory. A pretty good turnaround for him. But Rory's muscles are excellent. Maybe his swing is off, his short game is off, his putting is off, but he has great muscles. Why he's doing that, I don't know. Wants to meet more girls? I really don't know. 
but I say it isn't great for his golf game. You don't think he's just wearing tighter shirts? No. <laughs> I mean, his waist is like 12. I know. It's, he's, he's getting Tiger-esque in the day. When he first came out, he was chubby. I saw him his rookie year at the Players' Championship. I was working with a player there, and I was around Rory, and I'm, you know, sort of a little on the chubby side. Now, did you see the cover of Golf Digest of him with the Greek god uh, crown on? Amazing. You call it amazing. I call it a waste of time if you want to be the greatest golfer of all time. I don't know, Jay. You're Googling over him a little more than, uh, you know, the woman here. I'm not sure uh, what to make well, of this you conversation. Well, you call it amazing. I call it my wife wishes I looked like that. But I say it's not as good for his golf game. Well, uh, we've got the Shell Houston Open, and this is a big tournament as they get ready for the green jacket next week. Um, Phil? I think would really like to put this one, uh, you know, in the bag before Augusta. What are your thoughts? He's won here at the Shell Houston before. He's been playing really well. Didn't get it done at Pebble Beach. But, you know, I think this is this could give him tremendous momentum. And, you know, between Jason and Jordan and Phil, this is going to be an amazing Masters. Well, I'll, I'll be political here, and I'll seem like I'm almost answering your question, but I won't. We've seen a lot of that. The great Phil story. I was talking to his father. Phil, when he was three years old, four or five, he wanted to play golf on the big course with his father. His father would play every Saturday morning. So Phil, Friday night, started getting the picture, and he'd put his clubs right by the front door. His, he, his father didn't take him. He was too young. So Phil decided to run away from home when he was five years old, but he wasn't allowed to cross the street. So he went around the block. His, he, one of the neighbor's friends across, uh, around the other side of the block brought him home, and his father said, okay, Phil, I'll bring you the next day. It was Balboa Park, those of you that ever played there. 18th hole, straight uphill, 550 yards. Phil is crying. His father goes, why are you crying? Because you don't want to walk up that hill? He goes, no, because it's the last hole. Phil and golf, and then he wins his first Masters, and he says to his five-year-old daughter, do you believe Daddy won? And she said, no, I thought you would choke again. But... He's playing. He's playing. He's playing excellent golf right now, and I mean, he's playing better than he has in the last few years. And who knows? I think he could do anything. Well, here's an interesting uh, fact. This may have the, the the lowest count in the Masters field for over a decade. Thirty three of 144 players in the Houston Open are exempt. So there's an opportunity for somebody to come out of nowhere, win, and get into Augusta next week. Charles Howe for the last 12 Whoa. years. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a big major going on, the first major of the LPGA, the ANA Inspiration out in beautiful Palm Springs. One of my mother's greatest friends, when she gave birth to my brother, who's five years older than I am, and the next bed was someone, Madeline, who still lives in Brooklyn, and her cousin was Dinah Shore. Dinah. Uh, Dinah was still the matriarch of the tournament when I was at the LPGA at, as director of communications. The sweetest, nicest person, right? Got, so I feel so lucky to have spent time with her. And there is you know, nothing like uh, Mission Hills. Even Burt Reynolds liked her. So much history behind it. I, you know, it is, I think, for many of the LPGA players, it's, it's their Augusta. You know, there's something about when you drive through the gates and all the history there, Poppy's Pond. We're going to have a little trivia question about that if you stay tuned to the next segment. And, uh, you know, the, the famous players jumping in after their victories. And, Mickey you know, Wright. I mean, it's just loaded, loaded, loaded with history. And right. I think it's going to be very interesting. It's going to start the LPGA off on a big run here. They've got 
seven major events in six months, Jay. So does that mean there are seven majors now instead of four? Five majors. Five majors. And then we have the uh, Olympics. Yes. And uh, Solheim Cup. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, there is a lot, a lot, a lot of golf happening. Um, and the Puerto Rico Open was going on at the same time as the WGC and a big victory there for Tony Finau, who some may remember from the big break. He participated in uh, the Golf Channel's big break. But quite a story behind this guy, uh, which we'll be talking more about later, too, with Todd Lewis, who will be on. And who um, did he tie for first with? A- Steve. Marino. And whoever worked with Steve Marino. Jay Golden. Oh, yeah. And what I get? Nothing. That orange shirt? Yeah. It's kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> keeping me awake I ran in it, here. Yeah, but Steve is, uh, you know, I saw him quite a bit. He was on the Web.com tour last year. That's right. And he he's lost his car. So big, so big, big tournament for him. He's had some injuries, correct? And, yes. And uh, he has some seconds, but I'll tell you, when you have a victory, whether it's on the Web.com tour or the PGA tour, you are in a different category. Like now he gets, a, I don't know, if you win, you, in the exemptions. But then there's such a difference in terms of categories, and Tony for now. Yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot more of him coming ahead. And um, unfortunately, that didn't get him an invitation to the Masters. The Puerto Rico Open does not qualify because it was opposite uh, another big event, another the big match event, play, which I, and it wasn't a, a big field. And the first prize was around six hundred fifty thousand instead of over a million. But it's still great. But Rafael Cabrera Bello did earn his invitation to Augusta via his top fifty in the official world rankings having finished in third place at the match play. So big steps for him coming up, and we've got a lot of golf talk coming up. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Coming up next, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with one of the best teachers, not only in Orlando, not only in Winter Park, but in the world. In the history of the world or just the current world? Current world. Only, Jay Golden. Only this planet? Oh, you may be Pluto, too. I don't know, Jay. Uh, oh, Pluto got demoted, didn't he? Oh, poor poor planet. Anyway, uh, yes, we are back. We are uh, happy to be back on the air for our eighth season and uh, covering the world of golf. And before we get uh, to our first big dog, who uh, we are very happy to have back on the show, want to go to our man, also in studio, Will Perry, our social media magician, magician? who's uh, going to throw out a trivia question to uh, to our listeners. Hey, Will. Good to be here. I don't know about magician, but um, I guess I can work some good magic today. So, Golf Insiders fans, we're really ramping up our social media efforts this year, and I'm here with our first trivia question. Today's trivia question is, there are two two-time Masters champions who hail from Spain. Can you name them? 
Tweet us at the show at the Golf Insiders, and we'll have a special prize for you at the end of the break. Oh. Phil Mickelson and. By the way, from well, Spain, Jay. From Spain. Don't yeah, give it yeah. away, Jay. Okay. You didn't know he was from Spain. <laughs> Don't give it away. I heard him say adios. Will, by the way, if you do magic on the radio, it works. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I and can make myself disappear. Really no, no, no. <laughs> and this is why Jay never made it the Golf Channel because he has a great face for radio. Oh Hello. My gosh, but All he's right. good looking. Uh, what's he doing here? Yeah, well, you know. I don't it. know. I love it. I we love can it. talk about that. Later. And hey, oh. <laughs> and we did talk about our fourth good-looking guy behind the glass, Mr. Mike Diddy. Hello, yeah. hello, welcome back. All right, just to have wow, this show a... put together, it takes it takes a village. That was Absolutely. a radio voice, almost a little bit. Nice. All they right. do allow me to do that. Let's not waste <laughs> any time because he's a busy guy, and uh, he is the big dog himself. The senior golf writer from ESPN.com, Bob Herrig. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? We are doing well. Back in the saddle, Bob. It was great seeing you at the Arnold Palmer last week. Bob Jay also. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Ran into you right outside the media tent. And and when you saw me, you waved. Get get away from me, Jay. Which was good. (laughs) I love that. So, Jason Day, back to back here. Bob, I mean, obviously, just an amazing wire-to-wire finish at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and now uh, closing it out at the WGC. Your thoughts on the match play event? Well, first, it's kind of kind of funny, ironic, I guess. Like, I guess it was two weeks ago before the Arnold Palmer event, and Jason Day was in the interview room, and he was being asked about sort of a slow start to the year. You know, and all of a sudden that's changed. Um, you know, two victories, and then you start looking at what he did in some of his other tournaments this year, and instead of it looking bad, now now it's six wins in his last 13 starts. So, um, and of course, what he did at the match play, on top of having the back issue, was really impressive. I mean, he admitted he almost withdrew. He almost didn't play. He was advised not to play. And, um, you know, you just hope he can manage that properly. We've seen a lot of back problems in golf here uh, of late. And uh, uh, they're not that easy to deal with for a golfer. And these guys swinging 120 miles an hour uh, doesn't make it any easier. So, um, but good for him. And, you know, just really setting up for a great Masters next week with all the high-profile high and highly-ranked players doing so well. Another guy who was um, defending his quote-unquote slow start to the year, Jordan Spieth, who pointed out that, you know, hey, guys, I've already won a tournament, and that puts me ahead of where I was last year. Yeah, I mean, the last year, though, he kind of went into the Masters on a roll, and and this year not as much. Uh, But that's just golf. I mean, you know, it's just how it is. There's nothing that says you have to be playing great going in uh, in order to win. You, there's been numerous examples over the years where a player didn't win going into the Masters and won the Masters. Um, I think it helps to have some form and to have some confidence, but you know he can pick up that confidence next Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Something clicks in. Well, and um, especially if but, he if he should win this tournament, he does. Uh, you know, he is he is somewhat playing in in his uh, hometown or, be, you know, in the neighborhood of his hometown. 
loves you know loves the state of Texas, loves Houston, loves this tournament. Bob, would you yeah, say he that he lost you... in a playoff last year going into the Masters? So, you know, and I remember at the time thinking that would rule him out, but instead it spurred him on. And uh, um, you know, but it, it can work in all different ways. I mean, maybe Adam Scott peaked too soon. Um, you know, it's all it all it all depends. I just think there's so many different factors that go into it, and and uh, you just never know. And I think that's what makes it even more interesting going in. Jordan Spieth uh, last year amazingly almost won the Grand Slam, but and and I don't know his game that well, but I hear that he's a fantastic putter from twenty to thirty feet. He does miss some short ones, but he makes a lot of long putts. The best putter. And I've always had a theory that if your game is really based to a great extent on your putting, it's it's hard to keep making long ones. Did you feel that that this year that he's hitting the ball similarly to the way that he did in the past, but he's not putting as well? You know, that, that point has been brought up, and I don't really think the stats bear it out. Um, there's no question that he makes and did make last year a lot of putts from the 15 to 25 foot range that, you know, the statistics say you might make 20% or 30% of those. And he made a lot, especially in big spots. You know, you looked up and you'd see him rolling one of those in. It wasn't one that you would think was automatic and he, he'd make two or three of those around. And of course that's going to help you. But last year, you know, his, his, um, Strokes gained tee to green was pretty high up there. I mean, I want to say it was in the top five on the tour. And so it wasn't just all about putting. Um, you know, he obviously he putted well uh, in those spots, but he also put himself in some pretty good spots. I don't think he's hit the ball as well this year. His putting probably hasn't been as good either, but I think he's had some poor ball striking rounds. I mean, that was certainly the case on Saturday when he fell out of the, out of the match play. He admitted it afterwards. He had this kind of weak fade that, that he had going that he, that he noticed on the range and he just couldn't fix. And, and um, it, it, was, it was more about not hitting the shot. So, you know, it's, um, there's a lot that goes into it. Sure, there's good fortune, I think, in, in winning some of these tournaments. Like, obviously, when he won the U.S. Open last year, he needed some help from Dustin Johnson. Uh, but, you know, the way he won the Masters was, was incredible. You know, it wasn't just about putting. It was... You know, he shot 64 in round one and really probably should have shot 63 or two. Um, and that was with the bogey on 15, which is, you know, you think back on that. What a round, you know. But uh, in any case, uh, it it is interesting, the scrutiny he's now been under. Um, you know, if things just aren't quite going quite the same way, you start to question what what's happened. And, and it makes you wonder if that's happened to him internally as well. So, you know, revamped format for the WGC this year. Yay or nay, Bob, in, in your opinion of how, how it went this week, past week? Well, I don't like how there's so many matches on the Friday that don't matter. Um, and they're, they've lost a little bit of the intensity by having guys play for three days that they used to have when it was just a one and done. On the other hand, I always thought, the best day of the tournament before was Wednesday, and it went downhill from there. You lost half the field on Wednesday. I'm not sure that's good either. It's certainly not good for TV. It's not good for the fans. The way they have it now, everybody plays through Friday, so you at least get to see everyone before they cut it down to 16 players. 
Um, I wish they could go to some sort of form of double elimination, or at least double elimination through the first couple of days. That assures everybody's around for two days, but then then there is an urgency. It's it's you you win and you advance after that, and uh, you don't have the, the the confusion that you have with the format. Um, you know, you had some playoffs on Friday uh, because the guys tied in their group. Uh, the head-to-head thing didn't matter if you if you had the same record, you you had to play off, um, and it was a little awkward, I think. But once you get to Saturday and it's that knockout thing, I think it's great. That's what match play is all about. But of course, the big negative to match play is losing the players in the field, and if the name players get beat, they've been fortunate. They had Rory last year. Jim Furyk made it to the you know to, to late in the tournament. This year you had Rory and Jason Day and Louis Oosthuizen. You know, it's pretty good. They had a pretty good lineup. Uh, it isn't always that way, and that's the danger of match play. Who do you think would? Who do you think needs the momentum coming into Augusta and uh, would really like to come out with the trophy on Sunday at in Houston? I think. Um, well, I think Jordan could use it. He certainly wouldn't mind having it. Phil is another one. He likes to get in contention uh, before before a major. I think it helps them. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily saying they have to win, but I think it helps if they play well. Um, I think a guy like Patrick Reed is another one who, you know, he's he's been struggling to break through here lately. He's gone he's gone over a year without winning after that great start to his career. Um, you know, I, the guy who I think needs the momentum the most isn't playing, and that's Rory. You know, he's he's a one top six guy in the world who hasn't won this year and and kind of left the match play frustrated and 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 has left a couple of other tournaments frustrated. So, but uh, he's going to do it on his own and and hope to find this form without playing in the tournament. Before we say goodbye, do you have any Tiger updates? Man, I wish I did. Hmm. I'll be honest with you guys. I I, I do not under, I do not think there's any way that he plays. Um, it, just based on the limited knowledge that we have, how far along he was a month ago, it just doesn't seem that he could get ready to play in an, any golf tournament in that amount of time. Um, and when you say plays, you not, mean the Masters? Especially the Masters. Now, granted, there's a lot of there's wide fairways on, on all that, but I just don't see how he could be competitive, be ready to play in a golf tournament at this point. After so much time away and so little practice, I mean, if he's been practicing in a cave somewhere nonstop for a month, and we've not really heard that he's been doing much, even if he's been doing that, it's only a month. Could he do it every day? Did he have to take time off? Did he play rounds of golf? We just haven't heard that. And the thing is, they've not said no yet. And I just don't get it. It's, it's weird. I don't understand what they are waiting for, what the, what the deal is here. It's uh, very odd that they've not shut the door on this, and that leads to some thought that, well, maybe he's thinking about playing. Mm. I don't know that, but you know, it makes you wonder why he hasn't said no yet. Well, Bob, as always, it is going to be a thrilling, exciting Masters, and we can't wait for uh, it all to begin on Monday. And if we had a thesaurus, we'd have more words along those lines. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Always great to have you on. Thanks so much, Bob. Good going. Thank you.
Thanks, guys. Take it easy. You're listening to Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. Lots more golf talk coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Jay Golden. And if any of you are collectors out there, sports memorabilia collectors, there is a really cool event that kicks off tomorrow. It is a golf-specific memorabilia auction, a global online auction featuring a number of historic finds in the golf world, vintage golf balls, a first-edition book, among a thousand items. Jay, I just showed you this incredible postcard that uh, Bobby Jones signed announcing back in 1933 in January when Augusta National actually opened. I mean, it's, you know, it's dated with, you know, stamp dated and the whole, it's just, it's so cool. It makes you want to become a collector. It really does. And golf memorabilia and whether it's photographs, autographs, uh, clubs, balls, featheries, uh, it's it's a hobby. It's it's something to own. It's something to have. And for those of you that like memorabilia in any sport, you know, golf, five hundred, maybe the oldest sport. You know, when they used to dock their ships in Scotland, Ireland, and and hit rocks into holes while they walk into town. There's so much memorabilia for the great game of golf. They have original golf balls signed by some of the great uh, major champions. Uh, Kerry Middlecoff, 1955 Masters. Ed Fergal, 1954 U.S. Open. You know that name, Jake Golden? Yeah, he had the withered arm, and he was one of the designers of uh, in New York in the Catskill Mountains, the Concord Monster Golf Course. Arnold Palmer's 1958 golf ball from his first Masters win. There's some really cool stuff here. And the, Ben Hogan said to Arnold Palmer in 1958, how did you get in? All he did was win. Well, if you are interested, uh, it's not limited to online bidding only. You can actually call into the auction as well. You can register online at www.thegolfauction.com. And uh, we're going to talk to one of the owners next week on the show. But this is a 10-day auction, and go check it out, thegolfauction.com. Uh, there's there's stuff you can bid for five bucks. Uh, it's 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 really cool, and you can go peruse uh, peruse the items. And uh, Will Perry, our social media magician here, is uh, going to shout out another trivia question. Go. I'm really going to have to catch up with this magician thing. I I don't think anyone's ever called me a magician before, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> so, golf insiders fans, I'm here with your second trivia question today. Tweet your answer to the golf at the Golf Insiders on Twitter and on Facebook for a chance to win a golf lesson with our good friend here, Jay Golden at Winter Pines Golf Club. On that quick note, Jay, yes. just shed a little note on how Winter Pines always brings in some of the best uh, skins games in the area. Pretty true, right? Well, every Friday at uh, two o'clock. Now three o'clock since the clock has uh, the time has changed, but. It's a two. It's it's so great because it's 
It's a two-man scramble, so to speak. You have a partner. Wherever the best drive is, you both hit from there. Wherever the best next shot is. <laughs> and for a two-man scramble, you're always in the game, and it really is a great place. So we're going to bring you guys out to Winter Pines Golf Club. If you can name the first player to take the inaugural leap into Poppy's Pond. Yeah, I know you know the answer. It was in 1988. So no, that might be Poppy's might, Pond. At least give a hint. That might no? give you a frame of reference. That's at the Dinah Shore at the LPGA Major, which is happening this week. And we're going to go to the man who is there, Steve Eubanks, Global Golf Post. Hello, Steve. Uh, just as a hint, I spoke to that person yesterday. So uh, she, she is on site. In what language? So <laughs> Which I, I spoke in English. Okay, it's all the right. only one just, I speak. Just giving so, hints. That's all. Absolutely. So that's uh, uh, no. It, it, it's been wonderful. This is uh, the weather is great. We've uh, got a little nip in the air, a little snow on the mountains here. It's uh, it's a beautiful time to be in uh, in Rancho Mirage, California. Palm Springs. It it is a beautiful, idyllic, heavenly golf location. Steve, give us the rundown of the players have just been back in, in the States for a couple of weeks. They have their first major of the year. This is, as I say, sort of their Augusta. Uh, so much history at what you know used to be called the Dinah Shore and is played on the Dinah Shore golf course, the tournament course there at Mission Hills. Uh, you know, a lot going on here. You had um, Lydia winning last week, going head-to-head with NB Park. Give us a breakdown. Yeah, you know, you got uh, Lydia is probably striking the ball uh, as well as she has in her entire career. And in fact, I asked her that question yesterday. We talked about her ball striking. I asked if she had ever hit it better. Uh, and her response was no, that in her entire life she cannot remember hitting it as well as she does right now because she has total control of the trajectory and the shot shape, but she's also as long as she has ever been. So uh, it, no longer does she have to worry about being, you know, 30, 40 yards behind someone else. Uh, she is able to pick a line and stick to that line and hit it on that line. And uh, you know what? When she when she feels that confident in her golf swing, it's really difficult to, uh, to bet against her. Did she say anything about her golf swing, maybe a change that she made or, or a fundamental that's helping her or a swing thought? Did she speak about her swing at all? You know, I, yes, she did. I, I actually asked her about that because when she and David Ledbetter had first started working on trying to get her to draw the ball a little bit and, and add some length, um, she would periodically overcook it. You know, she'd, she'd move that thing a little too far left. That was her myth. Uh, and, but that has completely gone away now. Um, you know, she can, she can hit that, that, that baby draw at, at will and still has the patented left or right when she needs it. Uh, and I asked her, is that something specific that you have been doing, or is it just something that the changes that, you've make, that you have made have become more comfortable and you're going to tighten it up? Uh, and her, her answer was, they're always just working on tweaking little things, but, uh, but she feels very confident. In the, in the overall changes that they've made to the point where she doesn't have to think about it anymore. Uh, she's just able to pick a line now and react, uh, and that's really a good place to be. I guess. Only one American sitting in the top ten right now on the money list, Steve, and that is Stacy Lewis. A very frustrating year for her last year. She's got a lot of big changes happening in her life with her recent engagement, getting married in August and moving to Houston, I believe. Uh, how's it looking for, for Stacy for her first major? She, she really would like to have a good show here. She would like to have a good show. And, and quite frankly, I mean, I, she was in here today, and I have never seen her quite so 
emotional and, and open and engaging. This is a very intensely private person. Um, I, I consider her uh, one of the nicest people out here, but she doesn't, she doesn't always come across that way because she's very guarded. Uh, she's also extremely methodical and very control-oriented. Uh, and I think with all of the things that are going on in her life right now, she may sense that she's losing a little bit of that control. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's wearing on her a little bit. I think that, that when she gets inside the ropes and she, she feels like she has control again of her environment, uh, that she will do extremely well. I know that she definitely wants to uh, come back after what happened here last year. Uh, so, look, don't count her out. Uh, speaking of people coming back, 10 years ago, hard to believe, Michelle Wee turning pro at age 16 and, um, you know, was the was the next big thing and, you know, lots of comparisons to being the Tiger Woods of the LPGA Tour. Where's Michelle's game right now? I, that, that's a, that, it, it, it's where it has been, quite frankly, in my estimation, for over a year now. One big question mark. Um, her, her health is still at issue. Uh, saw her on the range yesterday attempting to hit those low stingers, which she uh, she has did so effectively around this golf course two years ago when she battled with Lexi Thompson. But um, you know, there's there's a lot going on with Michelle right now. So uh, and not a lot of it good, and not a lot of it has to do with her golf. So uh, look, I, I think that um, she she has so much talent. You really hope that that she's able to to wrap it up, turn it around, and, and you know, make the run that we've all expected her to make. Uh, right now, I just don't see it happening. Would you say that uh, on the LPGA Tour that in general and, and more specifically that they're excellent practicers, that they'll practice short game and long game and, and bunker shots, or, or do you think that some practice well and, and others are more interested in uh, – going with their clothing sponsor to see which uh, shirt doesn't show perspiration. Do they practice really great out there? Uh, the ones that are near the top of the leaderboard do. I can assure you that uh, the ones who have, uh, have a W by their, uh, by their name in the last 12 months, uh, I'm probably looking at them right now as I look out over the chipping green and the driving range. Uh, it's full, by the way, on Wednesday afternoon. Good. So uh, this is... This is uh, it, it's not a it's not a tour where anybody is out here mailing it in. I can tell you that. Jay Golden, that was the most sexist comment. I've got to call you out on that one. You may be fired for that one, Jay well, Golden. When I was with Sandy Lyle, he did the same thing. When I was working with him at Bay Hill a number of years ago, oh, I want to check out this new shirt. I went, okay, Sandy. Go ahead. Well, I can tell you out here that not only are they working hard on the golf game, they're working hard at the gym. Uh, and I had uh, I had dinner with Nancy Lopez and Judy Rankin the other night. They were both talking about the difference now between when they played and uh, and and now is the quality of the athleticism uh, that everybody who is who is uh, on the leaderboard on on the weekend is not just a good player. They're great athletes and they work hard at that. Oh yeah, you look at Lexi Thompson, of course, winner in 2014, and Brooke Henderson, who's coming. Uh, out, you know, for her professional year here, having been the top-ranked woman amateur in the world before turning professional in, in December 2014. Yeah, I mean, Brooke, yeah, she just walked by, actually. Uh, she is so looking forward to this year because, you know, having done everything that she, is, she has done with a victory already and, and uh, you know, still being so young, 
she wants to she wants to you know move her standings well up on in the world golf rankings. It's an Olympic year. She's excited about that, but really excited for the majors. She wants to to prove that she belongs out here on a, on a major championship uh, setting. Brittany Lincecum, let's not forget the defending champion. Um, I love the story. I'm not sure who wrote it, but uh, she was saying she loves to nap and hates to practice. <laughs> I like that honesty. Yeah, and, and that, uh, there's a lot of proof that she does play a good bit of tennis now. Uh, her her husband is, uh, in addition to being a, a long drive, uh, uh, one of the long drivers, uh, is a great tennis player. So uh, that that's how she gets in her workout. She doesn't really do much on the treadmill. She says she hates that. But she will go out and play three sets of tennis. And in terms of me making a sexist comment, I just want to say that Donald Trump is coming out with new sh- shirts for men and women, and he's going to get Mexico to pay for it. And uh, good luck with wearing those. <laughs> All right, Steve, who is your pick for Sunday to win the I- ANA Inspiration? I have two picks. I have Lydia Ko and, and uh, Sayon Kim, uh, the last two winners, actually, Phoenix and last week. They are both striking it as well as, as I have ever seen either of them hit it. Uh, Sayung, I think, has got something to prove out here, given where she was last year, leading going into the final round. Uh, and, look, they're just they're just better. They're just better right now than everybody else in the field. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend to watch the first LPGA Major of the Year. Steve Eubanks, Global Golf Post. Check it out. You can get it in your mailbox every Monday morning for free. GlobalGolfPost.com. Steve, thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back with Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with Jake Golden, Will Perry, Mike Diddy in the house. We are just loaded tonight. And, um, hey, we've got the Shell Houston Open. We have Augusta. This is, oh, it's the beautiful time of year, Jay. Dinah Shore. Dinah Shore. Golf is hitting hitting the pedal to the metal. And uh, while we were on our little winter hiatus, someone became a daddy for the first time. And we are so happy for the first time on the Golf Insiders to say congratulations, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, on the birth of his first baby girl, Addison. Hey, Todd. Hi, guys. Thank you very much. Dada. (laughs) How's it going, Dada? Well, I mean, it's um, good and bad to be on the road now. I mean, it's bad um, in the fact that obviously I miss my wife. And my baby was about six weeks old. Uh, good to get some sleep. So <laughs> I, I kind of went to seven hours of sleep. I hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> uh, are you at the show this week? I am at the show, yes. Give us a, give us a scoop. What's a, what, what are you hearing in the press room and what are you seeing out, in the, out on the uh, driving range and around the green? Well, I mean, it's actually kind of a big week for a lot of players. I think the biggest Jordan Speed. Um, he lost his number one ranking. He comes to a golf course that mimics or tries to mimic Augusta National, at least around the grids, where, of course, he won last year. 
Um, and the last time we saw him competitively was um, in the final 16, the WGC Dell match play, where he was pretty much handled by Louis Ustate. He was hitting the ball kind of all over the place. He's been working on his golf game since, uh, trying to reestablish some confidence, and he spoke about that today. And I, you know, I think he needs to be competitive. I think he needs to definitely play on the weekend, try to get in the mix on the back of Sunday, and try to get some of that confidence that maybe he lost. Because if you look at the statistics right now, where he is, ball striking on the green, you will hear a startling statistic. We talk about Jordan Spieth being a great putter, and really he is. But from inside of 10 feet, he is 155th wow. in the PGA Tour. Wow. So I, I think he really needs to establish a little bit of momentum this week. It's a big week for him. And he's, uh, you know, obviously somehow he almost won the Grand Slam last year, which is unbelievable. <laughs> and exactly. uh, I'm sure that you you hear him in some press conferences and, you know, people overanalyze, you know, what's wrong with this, what's wrong with that. In general, what does he have to say about his game and the fact that he isn't playing nearly as well? Well, I mean, look, you're going from being – Great to very good, um, and he wants to get back from you know to that great level again. I, I believe, and this is off the top of my head, his last eleven starts, ten have been top twenty finishes, including a win. So I mean, it's not like he's playing poorly; uh, he's just not playing the level that that kept number one, and, and a lot of that has to do with Jason. So I, I think he – I talked to him actually specifically about the issues that he has with his golf swing through his loss to Louis Ustase. And I said, do you think this is going to be an easy fix? He's, he was pretty confident it would be. He said, I just need to work on things. It could be ball position. It could be alignment. Um, but he thinks it it can easily be fixed. And we're going to for sure beginning tomorrow. Todd, we've got such a list here in terms of looking at – who the potential champion could be, putting on the green jacket. Uh, of course, all eyes on Bubba Watson. We have, you know, Jason Day, Adam Scott, who's, you know, just had a great Florida swing. You know, who who in your gut do you think, um, you know, just, just going by your gut? Well, there are a lot of storylines heading into the Masters. A uh, couple things stick to me. I always kind of look at guys under the radar a little bit under the radar because uh, I feel like that, you know, there are internal expectations and external expectations for these elite players that they head to the first championship of the year. A lot of people are going to be talking about Jason Day and really so. It's one of his last two starts. Adam Scott, they're going to be talking about him. He's won twice in, a row in the Florida swing. But Jason Day's emergence in Jordan Spieth, you know, he's a return champion. I think the, those guys are going to be talked about a lot. I think that's really beneficial for Rory McIlroy because he wants this career and slam. The only thing that's missing is, is a jacket. And last year he admits he wanted it too much. And if he doesn't have to, you know, if, if Day and Steve and Scott are getting a lot of attention, that's great for him. The other guy, I firmly believe this could happen. I think Phil Mickelson has a real shot this year. I really do command of his golf swing he's very confident he's he's excited about being back uh, on a class level he hasn't won this year but it was the pga tour in stroke uh, average and every time he rolls down magnolia lane he gets a boost of energy 
I really do think that under the radar, not a lot of people are talking about Phil Mickelson at 55 years of age. He could be a powerful threat at Augusta. Nobody gets more pumped about going down Magnolia Lane than Phil. It just it oozes out of every pore. Here's my under-the-radar pick, and maybe, too, not so under-the-radar. Louis Oosthuizen, five top 15s worldwide. I, Todd, I mean, I, I think Louis's got the patience, and his game and, and his health is all in good good shape right now. Actually, it's eight top 10s worldwide if you count the entire PGA season and wraparound season of European Tour. And he's got a win in Australia on the European Tour, and he's healthy. And, and I talked about this in Golf Central last week. This is kind of a cool story. The reason um, he's healthy, he's had a lot of issues. But over the last year, he has traveled around on the PGA Tour with his own mattress. Mm-hmm. He has, a, he has a, a mattress that he loves at his U.S. home in South Florida, and he had the company that made the mattress duplicate the settings and make a queen-size mattress. And his management team traveled around with that mattress from city to city on a, on a hauler, <laughs> and, and teddy bear? Hotel. Yeah, sorry? And a teddy bear? No teddy bear. Huh. But, I mean, imagine he checks. His management team goes to the hotel. They, they get they get the room, and they say, okay, we, we, we've got our own mat. Take yours off. We're going to put ours <laughs> on. And uh, they do it at every step. And it's kept him pain-free, and it's not been an issue for about a year now. Nice. Well, Todd, we got to wrap it up. We appreciate We hope you're getting some sleep, even though uh, you're not on your own Congratulations, mattress tonight. Congratulations, Addison, future Thank LPGA you, champion. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right, Beautiful. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. And uh, Jay, we just have about 30 seconds to wrap things up here. Well, how about how's your golf game? Have you been playing? I played. I'm glad you asked it. Orange Tree last Thursday in yeah. a little member guest out of there. We finished fifth. Nice. Big shout out to Shannon Wisney and all the crew out there at Orange Tree. Great and course. It's just uh, awesome to be back on the radio, Jay Gold. And congratulations. Eight years. Absolutely. Eight. Thank you, Will Perry. Check yeah. us out, the Golf Insiders. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. We're out of here. Bye-bye.